Leafs talk, JD Bunker, Sam McKee. Hey, dude, there's, I just tweeted it. That's a big win for the Leafs to keep things quiet over mm-hmm. narrative week, which it absolutely would have been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? That's, oh, yeah. Now, now they don't have to talk about Sheldon Keefe's job security or the power play slump or Nylander and his contract pl- since uh, mm. or his play since the contract. Mm. All those things sort of go away into lovely, lovely All-Star weekend. Tons of ways we can go about this game. Where do you want to start? Uh, we can still talk about Nylander if you want, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll leave that. It was a too good a night. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm still have the image of the guy with the boiler burned into my mind yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah, like, that's, that's all I'm thinking about at this very moment. But uh, look what happened. Put it up. Game. Put it up. Put it up. <laughs> but if we got well, yeah. Well, this I just want to say, <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful image, dude. It's all I think of is prison there, where it's like put him on the glass. <laughs> you know, that's. That's all I think oh, of. All right, we'll uh, take it off. Sorry, I just that's I, all I've been thinking about. I don't care if you leave that up forever. All I'll <laughs> say is this is I love Leafs playing Western Canada teams. Like, do I love the Bell Center game? Do I think that's the number one thing? Is if there's heat, there's juice in the building for the Bell mm-hmm. Center for Leafs Habs? No question. That's number one. Sends Leafs, it almost feels like it's it's a bullying situation because the Leafs just take over their arena every single time, and the Sens right now just can't get off the mat. Yeah. And, but Western Canada, these games, this is kind of sneaky. My favorite part of the entire year is when the Leafs go through all these arenas and it is just red hot oh, Super yeah. Bowl night for the town. There's everybody that's a Leaf fan is chomping at the bit to get those tickets. And I've been in Western Canada. I've gone to some of these games and mm. the atmosphere, the trash talk, it's the best. Nothing beats these games. And so awesome night for those Leaf fans who are living oh. in the peg who get hammered nonstop. Like, I know that you see a lot of Leaf fans at that game, but I'm telling you, if you live there, you're the one guy at work who gets hammered about being a Leafs fan nonstop. And so the bragging rights for that guy going to work in the Paw Manitoba on Monday, massive stakes. So good on the Leafs for getting it. Yeah, like, no matter what, no matter how inconsistent you are for the rest of the year, the Leafs and like people are mm-hmm. chirping you if you go through a losing streak for your Leaf fan in Winnipeg, you're like, yeah, bud, how'd the home and home go? Scoreboard, yeah. How'd the home Two and home games. go, pal? Like, yeah. that's all you can say. It's just like, eat that one, pal. Like, I, I got nothing else for you. But uh, I, I would be lying if I said that my biggest takeaway from this game, I mean, it's awesome to get the, the four points against Winnipeg, who's been one of the Love best it. teams in the league all year. Can I just great. ask you one question about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. How? I don't know. I don't know. I don't they know. stink. I was, I was trying to. I was trying to. Oh, you mean like the Jets in general? Like how they? Yeah, like that team was a complete non-threat this this entire two-game series. And I know that their style is this is the way it was built: offense versus defense, and they grind you out. And I'll admit, they're actually a team that I see less games of because of some of their regional restrictions, but yeah. also just the start time there's there's overlaps right i i watch more western hockey that's just like 10 o'clock starts time yeah. than i do the the jets games but boy boy oh boy oh boy that they, they power that play streak. that they rolled they, out there they had that streak right that was they were yeah. 34 straight games of three goals or less it's like that's mm-hmm. how you win a lot of games you don't let in any goals you have a really good goalie and you know you get timely scoring Clearly, Shifley's been out for these two games, and they flashed up that graphic where it's like he's obviously very important to them when they play. Like, I think they're under 500. It's a small sample size. I think it's like two and three without him. 
but he's clearly very important to them. He can't be that important. I, I don't know. I think that's just kind of who they are. I think they're just, I think they're just a little bit, you know, I, I like their scoring could go away pretty easy in a playoff series to me. Like they really could, but their defense is obviously good. I, you know, Hellebuck to me, before I get to what I wanted to say, this could be a controversial take, but like, how, how do you, like, what's the rule for goaltender equipment size these days? Oh, wow. You're really doing that on Leafs talk. Eh? You're going to come. So Toronto takes two wins from the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. They go into their barn. They beat them. Yeah. They goal I just thought team. it was in my mind. It was a thought that was in my mind. How big is hell about here? Does he, did, he, did, did, he, <laughs> did he borrow starts, Sean Burke's yeah. gear? Like, <laughs> starts the episode like he's measuring the curve of Jason Svetz's wow. stick. Is that a rule he, anymore? Like, can you can you do that? He's a big like, lad. I don't. I, I don't, don't notice his gear being bigger. Anyways, I, we can move I don't past notice it. it. Yeah, we well, listen. I'm sure it's. <laughs> I'm sure it's up to code. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, but the thing that I actually am thinking about the most, and I hate to admit it, is Ryan Reeves. I really, I, I oh, really, okay. I really loved it for him tonight because you know, both of us were really excited about the signing. We were happy that they brought him in. We were both a little bit uh, worried, I'd say, about the term, but we were both, you know, excited about having Ryan Reeves in the Leafs. Clearly off to an awful start. You know, he gets. He was really bad. He doesn't play for a couple of weeks when they're in Sweden or whatever. Comes back, gets back in the lineup, gets hurt. Tons of talk about him, you know, being done, going to the minors, being done. Callie Yarncroft gets hurt a, ga- a, a day before they go to his hometown. And the guy, give him credit, gets into the lineup, makes an awesome play where he outskates Josh Morrissey, one of the best players, one of the best defensemen in the league, digs out a puck, Gets puck, uh, gets position in front of the net, makes a great tip in his hometown in his return, scrums it up at the end. Like I'm not making any proclamations about what this means for his future and how much he's going to play or any of that stuff. I, I saw it was an awesome. I just thought it was an awesome night for Reeves, and I just I'm happy for the guy because I want to love him and I loved him tonight. I'll make some proclamations. It will do absolutely. It, as Conor McGregor would say, absolutely nothing. It's yeah. going to do nothing. That's yeah. fine with me. But I loved yeah. it tonight. I really did. I'm glad he had a moment. I'm glad he had yeah. a moment with the Leafs. You could tell that he had jump. He, he, I mean, he better be rested. He's he yeah. He played, played, he hasn't played in like a, a month. Yeah, really long time. So yeah, it looked like he had fresh legs. He didn't look like one of the oldest players in the NHL. And yeah, credit. I I got nothing else to add to that other than he's clearly someone that a lot of people when he got signed were rooting for to have success. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't think that there's too many. There were some, obviously, that go, oh, that's a bad contract, and why do you do that? And even you and I looked at it and went, whoa, three years? Who are you competing against? And I guess Minnesota offered him two, and that's the way he ended up with three here in Toronto, and I know it can be buried and blah, 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 blah. But everyone, when that happened, and he first started going around with the quotes, I would assume wanted it to work out. Likeable guy, enjoyable character, someone who's not afraid to say something to the media. And that's... That's the one good game he's played for the Leafs so far. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's got a good game under his belt. So good for him. I just, if, if you're telling me, I don't want to spin this into any kind of negative, but if you're telling me that this did anything in terms of changing his playing time, I would actually hope not because that is the anomaly. That is not something that I think he's like building off of. That's not a, Oh, well now you should keep him in there. I thought that was the perfect situation. It's his hometown team. It's him not having played for a long time. He's forced into the lineup. 
It's a team that's been gritty and tough to play against and always has a little bit of bite against the Maple Leafs. So good for him. But yeah, frankly, if, I, if I'm just being painfully honest, I, I hope that he's waived by the time we get back and everybody's healthy. Yeah. So Yarn Croc is going to be out for a while. He's got a broken hand. So, I mean, he won't get that's waived. That's what it was? The... Yeah, I totally like bro- missed that. Yeah, broken knuckle or something. So he's going to be out for a long time. Like well, probably never mind the wave thing. He's playing. Four to five weeks. He's going to be playing. So uh-huh. I just, listen, like you said, you're bang on in all your analysis. I just loved it tonight. I thought he was a factor. Totally. He had, his, his shifts were shorter. He was engaged, loved him being on the ice at the end of the game when the all hell broke loose and McCabe got his money's worth after mm-hmm. Appleton with a little cheap shot after the slash. Thought it was just a, a good night for Ryan Reeves. So I just wanted to to, to bring that up because it was at top Absolutely. of mind for me. Yeah. Hey, brother, you can tell what our ages are by starting the show with, hey, here's a barrel and Ryan Reeves talked over <laughs> Austin Matthews scoring his 40th yeah. goal, the power play getting off the slump and John Tavares scoring. But yeah, okay, let's go to... I, I just want to say this quickly about Matthews because I actually mm. thought that he had a, overall one of his not great games. Okay. Mm-hmm. He had some bad turnovers in this one. I thought he was really sloppy to start the game. To me, the line that was actually really driving them was the Tavares line tonight, where every time they came on the ice, you felt the impact of Bertuzzi and Nylander. And were they perfect? Were there opportunities where I thought that they could have been a little bit more aggressive or made smarter plays for sure. But this was a pretty uncharacteristic night for Austin Matthews. But the beauty of the milestone of the 40 is just the weight in which it hits you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we take for granted, I don't want to say for granted Austin Matthews, but you know, his numbers pile up and you go, yeah, we get it. He's got this. He's got that. He's got this. He's got that. We were doing the 50 and 50 and that sort of fade away. When I go into the all-star break, this guy's 40 goals. You stare at it. And it's it's like how I feel right now in the NBA where guys are scoring things at halftime. It's like Carl Anthony Towns is 44 at the half. Luka Doncic is just 46 at the half. And I'm looking down and going, how is this possible? And that's the way I feel with Austin Matthews heading into the All-Star break. Just wow, uh, unbelievable stuff. To quote uh, to quote the uh, the very famous Ryan Whitney, sick league in the NBA. Uh, really yeah, great know, stuff awful. there. Anyways, um, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I was thinking about Matthews goal scoring and the fact that he had 39. He was looking for 40 tonight. Remember how excited we used to get about like Phil Kessel getting close yeah. to 40 goals? I don't they want were... to disparage Phil Kessel. In the 40 no, goals. I'm not. I'm not. Used, but, but like that's how starved <laughs> of yeah. goal scoring guys we had on the Leafs for yeah. so long. Where it was like, oh my God, Phil Kessel's the greatest goal scorer I could ever imagine. Like he flies in off the right wing and he shoots it under the bar. This is the most exciting thing I've ever seen. And now Matthew. Brother, I used to get excited for Jason Blake leading the NHL in shots. I was (laughs) like, nice. This is a good stat. He's aggressive. He's he's aggressive. It's it's unbelievable. It's otherworldly. It's January 27th, man. He has 40 goals before February. Yeah. Like it's, it's hard to comprehend how incredible he is at shooting it in the net. And that yeah. goal tonight, like you could have had two tendies in there. It's going in. That's a yeah, uh, top of the key, hard as you can. Yeah. Almost blows it through the net, Shea Weber style. That was as good yeah. as it gets. So, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it, really good goal. And like you said, I thought he had a few kind of iffy turnovers throughout the game, specifically mm-hmm. one in the first period at the end of a long shift where he stayed out there without his guys. And it, it ended up in a two on one. This one was not pretty, but there was another one where it ended up in a two-on-one with Tavares and Nylander that were out there already. But anyways, it's just, it's, it's really awesome watching him score goals. And yeah, that's what he is. He can have a bit of an off night. The puck lands on his stick at the top of the circle. It's going in the back of the net. Yeah. That's, that's one that he ripped that so hard. I went, I wonder if that actually like that hurts you no matter how 
big and illegal Hellebuck's equipment. <laughs> Sorry. Still, still stings to, to get hit with that one. But yeah, 40 goals in 46 games. It's the fewest games in Leafs history to get 40 goals. Fastest player to reach 600 points. Uh, yeah, I think that th- those are some those are some stats that you 600. It's crazy. Well, yeah, fastest to reach 600. Yeah, just uh, incredible stuff uh, for yeah a guy who's probably going to go down if he can notch some wins. Well, yeah, as the greatest leaf of all time, he he needs playoff wins. But yeah, regular season wise, I wonder if he's just but but how but how many playoff wins? Like, what are we talking here? I think he's just going to need a couple more than one. Okay, fair like. More, more than, than one is <laughs> more than one series win, I would say. And I'm that not gonna compare it to six fair. seven stuff. I just I think it's too hard to compare those eras to now. Yeah. But yeah, modern day player. It's it's gonna be really hard to imagine that he's he's not the guy. Anyway, yeah. um John Tavares, God, thank God he scored. And the power play too, getting those two goals. Just in terms of taking away the narratives, I don't know what we're gonna discuss all all week during narrative week now, because the power play that was one for twenty, they get two. It's right in the middle of uh, Simpson talking about how this is their last chance to before they end up getting broken up, and then they're ripping it around and they score. But I gotta say, it's just that they're dangerous when they win the faceoff and they get the cycle going and they're patient. It's just when they get that exit and then they have to re-enter the zone and set up that you don't feel any confidence in it, buddy. You're worried about narrative week. You got the NFL conference championship. You got the NBA trade deadline. You got everything. You don't like. Yeah. You're a. You got a. You know a variety show. Yeah. I'm worried about narrative week. Like, what the hell are we going to talk about? Anyways, I hope you like four guests a show, Kipper and Born. Uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just uh, subscribe to both podcasts. Yeah. Both podcasts. Uh, yeah, I think it it shows you Tavares like. He doesn't care. Like his, he's not a monster of it all when he scores goals. I mean, this guy's looking to the heavens. It's his longest goal scoring goal scoring drought that he's had his whole career. So, yeah, meant a lot to him. Great shot by Riley. This is what he does so well when he's on the power play and going. It's just that little filter towards the net. It's like the it's what every Leaf fan compares back to Cody Franzen, where he just was really good at snapping it low towards the net. Perfect shot to be tipped. Tavares is fired up, and then they get the five on three on two horrendous calls the first one on brody is a dive of all dives tiny little push in the back he goes down and then the slash on Tavares, where the ref doesn't call it he leans on his stick and it snaps and he shows it to the ref he's like yeah you're right i've never seen that like craig simpson's called how many games in his career most craig simpson has the most broadcast national broadcast of anybody ever is that true yeah, he's wow. he's he's just for good run reason. Up the he's number. the man. But like, he, he has he was dumbfounded. He literally uh, it's his job to know what to say, and he didn't know what to say. It was it was unbelievable. I thought the ref thing all night was a little sketchy. We can get into the non-goal or whatever. It later. was just weird, man. Like but that was yeah, a yeah, weird let's get into the non-goal because I just yeah, just the times that they decided to make some of these calls was very 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 strange. And and I kind of mm-hmm. thought both ways, by the way. Like the ones Toronto got were soft. Yep. But I thought the ones that were called the other way that gave Winnipeg their opportunities to showcase that just more abundant power play that they yeah, have. Putrid. Like, putrid. That is as non... The Leafs penalty kill, I wanted to give them credit. I really did because, yeah, good for them. They've they've battled this year. It hasn't been great. It's not one of the better units in the NHL, but that 
Winnipeg unit, I went, what, what am I supposed to be afraid of here? Because you're awful. Like this is yeah. just all perimeter, nothing Leafs, easy exits. But yeah, let's talk about the, the non call. Cause yeah, Tavares, it's huge for the slump, the power play. Good for them for being yeah. able to get it done. Oh, good I, for I you. Think you had that, $60 million on the ice and you were able to put one in the back of the night. Congratulations. Yeah, for sure. But I do think that if you are someone that if you're looking at Tavares regression, this is all mm-hmm. I'll say about it to kind of wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. One is that he hasn't gotten like any power play points this year because not nearly enough of that, where it's just, hey, Tavares, you stand in front and let's try to get you a tip opportunity, which mm-hmm. is something that he's great at. Way more setting up Matthews to try to rip one, Nylander to try to rip one, right? Yep. So that's one thing. And two is the positive regression for a guy that has been in the danger areas, has been getting his opportunities, and a lot of them haven't been going in the net. I don't think Tavares has been playing well. I think he's deserved some of the criticism, especially given the money that he makes and the C that's on his sweater. But I also don't think that it's as drastic as some people have been making it out to seem that, you know, he's just a complete non-entity. And again, I thought that his line was good tonight. Anyways, the non-goal. Fair. Um, you know me. I'm an apologist for the goaltenders. I don't know how this is goaltender interference. Like, I understand I- it because they call it on the ice this way, but, like, he gets bumped into him and he gets off of him immediately. I, I thought this one was going to get overturned, especially when the Leafs lights out Video review staff. They call, yeah, when they when they made the call, I went, "Yep, goal." I was shocked. Sheldon Keith was sour about it too. Oh, yeah. Shot of him, he was he was big mad. What did you think about? It? I just I didn't see enough there for that to be goaltender interference, but I totally understand them not overturning it. I guess when they decided to go to video review, and you just kind of see him that extra. There's two things for me. One is the skate because it kicks off the pad there like and pushes him into the net and then the other one is he's leaning on him i think for a split second too long i don't like the call live but i get you're, why they stood with it you're allowed to be there though like you're allowed you're not. You're, but that's what i mean like i i just i'm not sure what willie was supposed to do to prevent himself from hitting the goalie like that's what i would have been asking if i was if i was sheldon keith like you're supposed well, his to like, front skate starts in the blue paint like i'm just yeah, playing which, devil's advocate here yeah i don't understand but like it's not, you know, Brett Hall eight days here. You're allowed to be in the crease. Yeah. Right? Like, you, a, you, a goal can go in where you're standing in the crease. That's allowed. It's just, mm-hmm. he's cutting the front of the net. He's trying to be a net front presence. And on the first push, he legitimately tries to avoid him. Like, you yeah. can tell him trying to avoid, avoid the goalie because he's like, oh, oh, the second push gets him in there. And then Hellebuck kind of has a chance to reset. I, I don't know. Like, I, I usually see, like, can, if I squint, I can usually see the rest perspective on these. I really can. Like, I really don't get too down on these calls a lot. Cause I feel like they, once they review them for however, however long it takes, mm-hmm. I do think they usually get it pretty right. But this one to me, like, especially, did you see the, the clip of the Hyman one floating around? No. Okay. Well, there's one that from, I forget it was the against Columbus. So two games ago where he's just cutting through the net full speed and mm-hmm. buddy hammers him into the goalie. And he's like, almost decapitates him, like takes him out. And the guy shoots the puck in the net and the rest right there. He's like, he pushed a man. He pushed a man. It's like, so if he nudges him off a push, like I just, the thing that kills me is the inconsistency with these calls. Like you're just, that's always going to be the way it is. That's what I mean. That's what's so frustrating as a fan of this league. It's like, it's always in the eye of the beholder. You're never Mm going to have a consistent thing across the league unless it's one guy making all these decisions in every game ever, which is completely impossible. So. It's just, I'm not like going to get bent out of shape about it. It is what it is. The Leafs ended up winning, but like, I get why it's frustrating as a fan. Cause you're just like, I have no clue because a different guy's making a choice. That's what it comes down to for me. Uh, to me, it's, it's just more 
common sense. And like I said, I don't love that the ref called it on the ice, that -hmm. it was no goal. Um, I would have preferred that it was the other way around where it was Winnipeg that had to challenge that one would be like my only gripe. That's fair. But what I will say is that to me, for the good of the game, I don't mind that call for this reason. I don't want to have guys who are defensemen trying to like the game is already sorry to say to me, in my opinion, getting softer and softer and there's less contact. And now if you're telling a defenseman that he can't, you know, bump a guy, like if Nylander's allowed to go to that position and you're not allowed to give him a little bit of lumber, like he beats you to the inside and you push him into the goaltender. You know what I'm saying here? Like if that play play is allowed, like, again, this one was borderline to me. This one, I didn't see it as goaltender interference. I would have just Mm -hmm. said on the balance of probabilities to me, I would have said that there was enough here where Nylander got off him. He beats him to the spot. He gets bumped into the net. That should have just been a goal. Like, I didn't yep. think that it overly impacted the play. That was co- like the, the play wasn't caused by decisions Nylander made in my decision or in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But for the good of the game, I would hate to see a situation where now all the time where you see guys bumping the, the net front presence into the net a little bit, that that's always viewed as like a negative play now for the defender. Mm. That, that, that I think would have a negative impact on the game. Fair. Like, I, I don't really have a rebuttal. I think that's side, side with the D than the offensive yeah. player. And every league sides with everything offense now, right? Everything yeah. is geared towards offense, offense, yeah. offense. And so I, I guess I don't mind it. I probably would have minded it a little bit more had the Leafs lost. Or if it was a playoff game. Oh, if it was, yeah, obviously. If it was a playoff yeah. game, we would have led with it and it would have, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We would have been spitting mad about that one. Yeah, yeah. I And if you want to be mad about that one, good, because I think yeah. being mad at refs and review is one of the actual sneaky fun things about sports because we can usually yeah, all agree on it. It's one of the most uniting thing about fans. Like that's Bingo. what, that's what still makes it great about arguing about balls and strikes in baseball. That's yeah. why like robots are terrifying because no, one of no, like no the robot. most, one of the most, uniting thing about fans is like that's down that ball's down what are you talking about and you all get bent out of shape and pissed off about it it's like it's a unified thing that's what sports is all about so totally great totally yeah. great so for me just kind of to wrap some of this up yeah I thought that the least were dreadful to start the game like again where it just it was kind of low energy and those same awful turnovers they came out, they played a really good first half of the second period. Oh, yeah. And then they sort of faded after the penalties. And then the third, they were just better. They they capitalized on their special teams, right? Like yep. that's that's basically the story of the game to me. We haven't talked about Samsonov yet, but I I will just say my my one negative thing is during the broadcast, they they, they Simpson's going, This isn't that hard. You got to be able to clean up some of these turnovers in your own end. And I I get, not as a non-former player, I just gotta say I agree. There's so many of these where it just feels rushed. And they're just mm-hmm. soft mental errors. Like, what the hell was that one from Giordano? Like, some of fell. these, and he just fell down. But that's, no that's, like that makes it look worse, right? Because yeah. that that just oof looks so ugly. But some of these turnovers, man, are mm-hmm. pure lack of attention to detail. And for a team that's been struggling with that like a lot lately, mm-hmm. it was a little embarrassing that they came out again tonight and it was just chop the puck around in the D zone, try to get a little too cute with the puck soft on plays soft along the boards awful decision making d to d like oof look at that it just it was ugly and they were lucky that winnipeg just was only able to put the one goal up off of a turnover and it did come off of a turnover yeah it just drives me crazy it drives me crazy like i i I don't have an opinion on it because it's just like you guys are better than this like just and simmer is a stanley cup champion 50 goal score like he's like this guy knows hockey he's called a million games it's just like hey 
if he says it, I agree with you, Simmer. Again, yeah. we're agreeing with him too much tonight, but it's like, yeah, just clean it up. Just make a better decision. You're good. Like you're good enough to do that. That's so uncharacteristic of Geo. Just get it off the glass and out. Like you're trying to make a play like you're like you're Norris Geo here. You're 40 year old, 40 mm-hmm. years old. Like just get it off the glass. I like I said, I don't really have an opinion. It just drives me crazy. And I know it drives a lot of Leaf fans crazy. It's just it's hard to it's hard to watch because sometimes and it feels like it's just a lot of the time at the start of the game. Yeah, like dude, just, not it's not really feels like is like, but is that just is that is. is that just is that just uh, recency bias because it's the last two games no. where they've been brutal? But I do feel like no. it's happened a lot over this season where the first ten minutes of a game they can't get the puck out of their own zone, they're passing it to the other team. Buddy, it was it's not recency bias. It's it's happened the entire West Coast trip. It happened again when they were on home ice and Sheldon mm-hmm. Keith saying it looked like a team that didn't get off the plane. Yeah, like we've said it the entire time about this team (laughs) going back to Babcock about starting on time and whatever it is, they just, they refuse to learn the lesson and it's fine when you play the Winnipeg jets and you win this hockey game, but the math is against you when you give up the first goal in hockey. Yep. Big time. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I hated the start again tonight and it gets washed away because there was exciting stuff later in the game and Samsonov was good. And Matthew scores Mm -hmm. a big goal, milestone goal and Tavares breaks the slump and, Reeves comes back and has a moment. It's chippy. And so you, it, it gets buried, but it's just, it's got to be noted. It's got to be noted that yet yeah. again, it's just a fumble, bumble, screw up fest in their own end for the first 10 minutes of just about every single game. Yep. <laughs> anyway. I know. I hate it. I just, yeah. I'm it sour thinking about it. So let's move uh, on. Well, last thing for me anyways, because yeah. I, I don't have any other notes other than yeah. just Stamsonov now in his last three games has allowed three goals. And mm-hmm. he's he makes another 10 bell save tonight mm-hmm. and he's just, he looks completely different in the net. He looks way more aggressive. Like you can see where he's playing. He's got his feet underneath him. He's com- He's tracking every single puck. <laughs> Whole new man. What and, point? Of- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, if you listen to my podcast, Luke Fox did a really great job of talking about the week away. I heard and it. he basically, you heard it. Yeah. It was awesome hearing it that, I think Samsonov's dad gets more credit than the Leafs coaching staff. I think his dad basically showed up in town and said, if you don't do this, you're not going to have a career. And since then the dude, it's, it's a movie. Samsonov is a movie right now. His, his dad literally said, you're a man, you're 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go out there and play. You got a child. Like yeah. I, I love that with Luke. It was so bang on. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I wish I knew what happened. I guess it's just his dad gets all the yeah. credit. I just, I Brother, thought there was sat a around a vodka bottle and he told him <laughs> no more of this feeling sorry for yourself stuff, get in the net I, and, and secure the contract. I thought there was a moment, maybe a five minute stretch after the first one wears it went in where I had like Columbus flashbacks of course. where he was, where he was scrambling and it felt like that first goal really got to him, but then he mm-hmm. just really started to settle back in and he looked like himself. And I don't know what point that, glove save he made on the semi break was at. I know Jobo mm-hmm. just showed it if you're watching on Sportsnet Plus or on YouTube. But ever like right after that save, it really seemed like he settled back in and he was good. Like I thought, you know, he didn't have to make a ton of 10 bellers other than that one, but he just looked like, you know, capable NHL goalie again. Like he just looked like a guy that you can win games with again. And I I don't think it's it's clearly not going to be this good for the rest of the season and I know I'm not breaking any news saying that but they just needed to get this guy to a point where they can play him. Like it's like before they sent him down, he was legitimately unplayable. That's why you got sent down. That's why a guy who has pedigree 
clears waivers. Mm-hmm. Like they just needed him to play hockey again. And he's now seems capable. So it's good. So I, I I'm, I'm happy for him. Three good ones. I'd like to see four to five more good ones before I'm fully all the way back in. I, I don't think I'll tell you this right now. There's, mm-hmm. there's no fully all the way back in for me. That's fair. I, like, I, I think I agree. I, I don't think that. I, I think anytime Samson Hoff lets in a bad goal for the rest of the season, given how bad we saw it, yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be clenching your butt cheeks as a Leaf yeah. fan going, Oh no, not again. No, no, no. Please no no. I I just I just think that he looks amazing. He does <laughs> like it's not dude, it's, he looks awesome. It, it's not it's not that he's been like you said that they just needed to get him up to capable. Everyone would have taken that, but he genuinely looks incredible in the net and that's the shocking thing is it's another night where he did it and i keep expecting you're right after he lets in the first goal i went all right well now let's see let's see how you respond and he just shuts the door and they get that they got their chances and he was nasty for the rest of the night he makes another huge save and he's playing out again at the top of his crease and he's cutting down angles and he sees everything he's grabbing it with the glove he's anyway i I just this is Voodoo, incredible. Man. Goalies are incredible. weird, bro. I don't know what to Dude, tell you. It's an incredible story. And all I got to say is my only take, I think the break is really well timed for every single Maple Leaf outside Except of him. him. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. He wants to, they, honestly, like, oh, you're probably not getting him through waivers now. Can you get a conditioning stint to get him down to the Marlies to play a game or two during the, the break? Money. You, you still could because the money, but it, it ain't happening there. But you got to remember, this is the big positive for Leaf fans. You got a ton of cap space. We, everybody's forgot about Klingberg on the island and how much space that is. The Leafs can absorb a ton of money at yeah. the deadline this year. They've they've got big time space, so they're going to carry three goalies, and they'll have Martin Jones around the building. I don't think that he'll be getting really any starts. It'll go one two when you get both guys back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now too, like yeah, Yarncroft, they're, they're not they're not sending them down. There there'll be no reason for them to do that, especially if they end up waving Reeves, which I do think is going to be the ultimate outcome with that player yeah. that Leafs going to have a ton of cap. So that's, that's not going to be a worry for them at all. Heading into the deadline. If anything, that's something you hope that they weaponize. So I had one thing from this game that this sure. is a very niche leaf fan memory, but I'm sure you'll remember it. You saw a Nino Nita writer when he was crying to the official after he cross checked TJ Brody and he would deserve Nino a rider worst visor in the league. Like... Yes. But do you remember in the opening season, Marlowe's first game as a Leaf, when Leo Komarov was still in the Leafs, and they were like, we're yeah. cracking down on visors. Yeah. And Leo Komarov got a two-minute minor for his visor. <laughs> yeah, that was the dumbest penalty ever. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I saw him wearing that visor, it's all he could think of. Yeah, like, it's oh Leo Komarov. It's Dude, Leo lot Komarov. Of... Give that guy a two-minute minor. A lot of throwbacks here tonight. We got a Jason Blake throwback, a Cody Franzen throwback, and now a Leo Komarov throwback. And Phil Kessel, sorry. At least could use Leo Komarov in his prime right now. Yeah, they really could. That that first year of Leo Komarov was amazing. And with the skates, just buying... Just hammering people. I loved loved my time with Leo Komarov. I really did. It it went classically one year too long, where the experience... It, it went one year too long and it should have been thanks for the memories. And, and then Lou took him to, to the yeah. Island with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lou, by the way, you see, you see the comments on the last Islanders <laughs> loss in the twi- in the Twitter sphere. I enjoyed it. I, I poured a glass of red and I sat on the couch 
And I just wanted to subtweet Kevin Papetti, who put his career on the line for this guy a million times over, nonstop. Kevin just went to the wall over and over and over again for Pierre Engvall. And him and Lou Lamorello got locked in, and it broke his brain because he's like, this is the guy that everybody hates, all the nerds hate, who wanted Pierre Engvall. And he's just yeah. he's islanders public enemy number he's one poison. like oh my god they're like can we never see they, him again scratch dude, they him. hate him they hate <laughs> him more than they hate Tavares. <laughs> like it's oh so bad there. anyways yeah. Uh, yeah yeah what was oh uh so just, this, is a, this is my last thing uh mm-hmm. just watched uh the penguins and um florida panthers last night and, you know, I, I don't watch the Panthers that often. Like, you know, I catch them here and there when it's so off night. The Leafs can't play that team first round. I, there's, there's, I, that is the number one team in the league. I would rather play literally any other team in the first round. I completely than, agree. They Leafs, are Leafs have an infinitely better chance against Boston than oh they my do God. against like, Florida. They are, they play the whole game offended. There is yeah. nothing you can do on the ice that doesn't offend them. They are just running into people bennett's trying to kill guys the entire game that lomberg's in your grill Bobrovsky mm-hmm. looked awesome it's like whatever you can do win games lose games whatever you do get mm-hmm. away from that team because you ain't beating that team bro do you remember it again tonight do you remember last year when the leafs played that game against the bruins where the bruins played just a perfect game where they yeah. were physical they were nasty they were engaged and i said to you I hate how jealous I am of their fans that that's the hockey they get to watch every night. I would kill. I would kill. You'd see a Netflix documentary about me, like the guy who killed to watch the Panthers every night. (laughs) I'd be on there. Every Leaf fan, if you could blind switch rosters with the Panthers, gone in a second. No, it's not even. Second, like Dunzo. That would be the most popular team in the history of Toronto. They would be No question. No question. They would, they would unite us yet again. It would, <laughs> the, it would passion be the, would be the passion would be united again with the Florida Panthers. Uh, yeah. Joe Bo just put their second league with Pims with 621. Yeah. And yeah, they just win and they're nasty. And yeah. no, goalies, I, awesome decor. Stay away from that team. Dude, my, my, my sneaky confession that I shouldn't say on the show is that I'm not, I don't think hockey is the best league passport. It's just not, yeah. it's not, it, it's, nationally flipping game to game you're not guaranteed to get a good night with a team it's just not the panthers are the number one league pass team of this you, you, them and the oilers are just the hey you can flip this on and you know what you're gonna get oh and sorry and i will say what mckinnon's doing if it's mckinnon at home it's yeah. like i gotta watch that oilers and panthers those are like the three teams that i watch by far the most of in terms of just the casual secondary yeah. flip Oh, McKinnon's these MVP. He's been unbelievable. Like every night he's just out of this world good. But yeah. McKinnon's uh, so good that it might my, my thing is genuinely like if you don't think he's MVP right now, it's just like you're wrong. I get a, right. I shut your it down. I'm like, I, <laughs> yeah. It's like normally it's like, oh cool, MVP debates. And I just think if you no. think it's anybody but him, wrong. And that's with McDavid doing what he's doing right now. And you mentioned the Oilers last non-leafs thing. Uh, hey, maybe the great winning streak, but could you maybe play a non-tomato can coming up here? Like, have they played a good team in a week? Like, oh my God, like they win in 15 in a row is incredible. It's like you beat Columbus, you beat Chicago, you beat Nashville. Every time they beat the crappy flames, it's like, can we play a good team here? And their first game out of the break to tie the record is my golden Knights. So fired um, up for that. That's going to be a hell yeah. of a game. 
I kind of thought they might drop one to the Preds tonight, and then I looked up and it was three nothing, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Preds so, gave him a fight, but couldn't yeah. get it. Anyways, that's good. Anyway, I'm good. All right, uh, hit the thumbs up button. Leave five stars if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Leave a review if you're listening on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus at Sammy McKee. Um, plenty of content on both of our shows this week, but Leafs talk obviously gone now for a week. Like there are plenty of stuff on mine. Like I got Chris Pronger this week. Nice. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What, what else we got? I can't you remember. Can't, oh, buddy. Chris Pronger talk. Hey, Chris, how soft's the league? Oh, JD, hey. it's soft. It sucks. Hey, <laughs> hey, guess what? Don't ruin my show. <laughs> so, I already have stuff written down and that's you. It's like you read my notebook. Chris, don't you think there should be more hits? No joke. <laughs> One of my questions for him legitimately is, <laughs> did, what does it matter if the Leafs go out and try to get another thumper? Like, they already have McCabe and Benoit. Yeah. And it's just like, who, who? Who's the guy? Who's the guy that you really want to go out and get? It's like, there's one dude with a highlight reel of hits outside of Truba, and it's yeah, Zadora, no and they get. had a chance to get him, yeah. and he's gone. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, shout out Benoit. Gets his first goal as a leaf tonight on a 100-footer. That, I loved that inspired it. that inspired the Snipe. boiler. Snipe. I <laughs> <laughs> loved it. Benny the Butcher dropped the new album. Man. Benoit scores a goal, not yeah. unrelated. Just should be said. <laughs> should be said. Should be noted. All right. Uh thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.